So I heard Little Birdie told me that you have a new event coming up, and I wanted to come straight to the source and ask you more about it. So what's going on? Well, tonight we're doing our Love Masquerade. Uh, we're doing that special event that we've been doing at Curtis Theater, April 6, 7 p.m. It's going to be something very fantastic and very special to help singles find compatible soulmates. Are you ready, Daniel? That's beautiful. I'm ready. Where can I get my ticket? Let's do it. Eventbrite.com. Find your soulmate at the Dating Masquerade. Available right now for purchase. Awesome. I'll see you there, Dr. We'll Alvin. see you there. It's been a pleasure. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and higher nature, how to improve our finances, career, health, relationships, and spirituality. And today we have a very powerful and fascinating topic I believe will help you in many areas of your life. It is called Getting Your Second Wind, How to Transcend Your Limits, and Do the Impossible. The term second wind refers to the ability to persist through obstacles to tap into a new level of energy that you didn't even know you had. We've seen how this happens with runners. People start to run, and they hit a wall of exhaustion. They get tired. But then if they keep running, they go to an accelerated energy source, what we call the second wind. And in this state of mind, when the runner goes beyond their barriers, they can experience what we call the runner's high, where they have a release of endorphins, pleasure brain chemicals, and they lose their self-consciousness. They lose track of time, concerns about their life, the worries, even the very body, they just float in air mentally and they have a joyous feeling. William James, a famous psychologist in the early part of the 1900s, talked about this concept of the second wind. James believed that many people live on the surface. They don't go deeper into the resources of energy that they have, motivation and persistence. They give up too soon, whether it's their diets, their relationships, career and education. And part of the problem, according to James, is that people have a fear of burnout. They fear that they don't have enough resources to go beyond that barrier, that psychological wall that's stopping them from achieving their goals and their dreams. But in reality, our bodies and our minds are very adaptable. We can regenerate a lot of energy that we didn't even know we had by going forward in our actions. The other thing that James talked about was something called habit neurosis we tend to develop certain negative or self-defeating patterns of mind and thought. Recently on Love University, we've been talking about the thought demons, those self-defeating critical inner voices that tell you you can't do something, you're not smart enough, attractive enough, talented enough to accomplish what you want to do. And we have competing thoughts. For example, part of our mind says, I can go on a diet, I can lose weight, I can get in good shape, and this is something I really want to do. The other part of our mind, the thought demon of fat failure, says, You've tried so many diets before, you always go back to your bad eating patterns. You're always going to be overweight. And let's say there's a little bit of cake in the refrigerator, and the fat failure thought demon says, just take a little bite. It's not going to hurt your diet. So you try to eat the cake, and pretty much it's very delicious, and the fat failure thought demon says, okay, just have more of it. You know, your diet is blown for today, you might as well just indulge. Pretty much you've eaten the whole cake now, and you feel bad about yourself. So the key is to have more of the positive self-affirming thoughts, which we're going to talk about later today, and how to have that as a habit in your mind. The other thing that James talked about is what he calls the excitements. Now, in a temporary sense, we can have certain situations that help us go beyond our, our boundaries or barriers. For example, a competition. Let's say you're competing with someone at work for a promotion. Even though you're tired and exhausted, you might work a little bit harder because you want to beat that person. Or if there's danger, let's say you've been walking a lot you're at night somewhere, 
and all of a sudden you hear footsteps running behind you. You might have a sense of adrenaline now because you have danger and your body has more energy to run away. So your self-protective mechanism has kicked in to give you that sense of urgency and energy. Another possibility is sadness can motivate some people certain times. For a lot of people, sadness or depression can actually demotivate them. They don't feel like doing anything. They just want to lie around the house. But some people see it, depression, as a way to burst through a barrier. Like, I'm tired of this job, this relationship, this place I'm living. I'm sick of it. I'm going to do something. So when their back is against the wall, they may take some action. But the problem with this, these excitements or these temporary things is that they don't last. Once they go away, you're back to your same state. And it doesn't really help you push through the walls in a permanent sense. The solution, according to James, is to cultivate a fruitful state of mind, a psychological state in which you have positive expectancy. You have optimism about the future. Things are going to work out good. You have a sense of gratitude. You give thanks for what you've received. Also, a sense of meaning. You're not just doing this to go through the steps of it, but you want to have a goal, a purpose that's very important to you. And of course, love can be a tremendous motivator, as we've seen throughout history. And part of that is to have a sense of anticipation. Visualize your goals, the perfect relationship, job, home, career, activities, maybe traveling, things you want to do in the future. These kind of things can really motivate you and help you push through that wall of the barrier that you have that wants you to stop and not go further. Another thing that can also help you burst through the wall and have a second win is duty, having a new responsibility. Maybe you adopt a child or take in a dog or an animal. Or you volunteer at an organization, and now you're part of a leadership. So it's not just you, but people depend on you now. So the sense of duty may propel you forward to get more energy and motivation. And finally, according to James, what's called a true conversion can actually help you get the second wind and motivate you further. A true conversion is when you have a new way of life based on adapting a new idea. You unify yourself. It could be religious, philosophical, scientific. Maybe creative, maybe even your lifestyle. You say, I want to live a certain way. I always wanted to live and I was afraid to, but now I want to do it. I'm going to travel. I'm going to do the career I want to do, be with the people I want to be with. So this can increase your loyalty, your courage, your endurance, and your devotion by converting to who you really are inside. Now, all these are very powerful ideas, but the key is how do you actually get to that point? How do you get to the second wind, to your hidden source of motivation, energy, and power? One important idea is to take small actions on a daily basis. In Japanese culture, there's a term called kaizen. Kaizen means continuous small actions or small improvements. For example, let's say you want to work out. Instead of thinking I got to work out an hour, two hours, I think I'm going to go 15 minutes today and I'm going to keep increasing it little by little. And you gain a sense of momentum. So you might want to work out more, you feel good, you're looking good, and you increase your workout. Also celebrate small wins. Let's say that you want to organize your house and you declutter it, only a small part of it, perhaps your closet. But you can take some time to listen to music, talk to a friend, and feel that you've accomplished something. It's a good feeling because it motivates you to do more. Another important aspect of getting to your second wind is called persistence contagion. We know that moods are contagious. You can walk into a room full of happy people and start to laugh and be happy with them. Or you can walk into a room full of gloomy, depressed people, or negative, you can start to pick up that negative energy and you start to feel a little sad. In the same way, when you're around other people or read about other people, who are persistent, you can pick up 
that energy as well. So you want to be persistent as well. So if you look in history, and even in current times, the so-called second winders, people that have accomplished things later in life, that have overcome great obstacles to achieve wonderful things in humanity and for their own lives. Franklin Roosevelt said, when you've reached the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. So looking at some people in history, Einstein, one of our greatest physicists and great scientists, didn't speak until the age of four. At 16 years of age, he failed an entrance examination. And after he graduated from college, he failed as an insurance salesman. And his father thought he was a loser. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now, Jonathan, you're laughing right now. Why is that? I mean, it's a funny story. I mean, you know, Einstein is like revered as like a really like smart guy. And like, you just hear him failing. And I didn't know these stories, honestly. Yeah, it's really fascinating. If you look into history and even current times, a lot of our successful people, our leaders in life, have failed quite a bit. Another one is J.K. Rowling. You may have heard, of course, the Harry Potter series. Uh, She was a single mother on welfare, and it took her seven years to write Harry Potter. It was rejected by 12 publishers, but eventually published, obviously became the great movie series. And she is now one of the wealthiest authors of all time, $1 billion net worth. Other people that also overcame obstacles, one of our great actors, Keanu Reeves. At the age of three, his father abandoned the family. His mom married four times. His own son died a stillbirth at eight months of age. And 18 months after his relationship ended with his wife, she died in a car accident. Horrible tragedies, but he overcame that. He's been a very sensitive and giving actor. Also, Edison, Thomas Alva Edison, one of my great heroes in inventions, he had over a thousand patents. He worked on the light bulb that we have today. And he, they said he failed thousands of times to come up with the right filament for the light bulb. But he kept trying. He didn't give up. And someone even asked him, you know, you have failed to get results after all these thousands of tries. How do you feel about that? And Edison says, listen, I have gotten lots of results. I know several thousand things that don't work. I need to find the one thing that does. So he totally reframed the idea of failure into eliminating things that don't work so you can find the success. And the interesting thing about that is they've actually done a study where they came up with a mathematical model of success. They looked at people who got venture capital, turned businesses around, had grants, and they found that there was a, a big difference between those that succeeded quickly and those that either never succeeded or succeeded after a long period of time. And the difference is the way they took failure or learned from failure. The successful people were able to separate their failures from their successes as they went along the path. They kept working on the things that didn't work, but they kept the things that worked. On the other hand, people that failed or took a long time to succeed kept starting from scratch every single time they failed. Even the things that worked well for them, they abandoned and kept trying new models. And it took them a long time. And what they found from the interesting study is that there is a tipping point at which so-called failure or non-success can become a success. So it may be one more failure that you need or two more failures. At that point, if you learn from each failure, you will have great success. That's a very important point that we think about is to learn from the failure in both success and non-success. Another important point is to uncover your true motivation. Why you do something. The word motivation comes from the root motive or to move, to move towards something or away from something. When I teach psychology in my classes, I often ask students who uh, attend my classes, 
Why are you here? Many of you have full-time jobs, you have families, other responsibilities. Why are you sacrificing so much to go to, to a school, especially if you're older? We have older students now going back to college. And people may say, well, I want to get my degree. Why is that? So I can make more money. But then I ask more questions. Why is that? So by asking more questions, you get into the deep emotional side of why they do this. What's the real motivation? Some people say, well, because I want my children to be proud of me. I'm the first in my family to graduate from college. Someone else says, I was abused as a kid. I want to help other people, other children or adults overcome their traumas, maybe working in psychology, teaching, or nursing. So they have a deep motivation, something that is very within them that they need to discover because that's going to give them the second win. That's going to help them move beyond the obstacles when they feel like quitting and they want to persist because of this. So Jonathan, my producer, let me ask you. Now, you are obviously a producer here with Love University. You do a great job. You also produce music uh, artists, I, I understand. Mm-hmm. What motivates you? Why do you want to be a producer? So I just, I just like being creative in general. And I feel like when I'm collaborating, especially collaborating with multiple people at, at the same time, usually. Okay, it, let me stop it here, Jonathan. Yes. Okay, we've got to go deeper. Why do you like being creative? Let's go deeper than that. Mm, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> um, now think back to your childhood. Maybe there's something in your childhood that struck you about creativity or something like that. Can you think of why this motivates you so much? I, I just like to unleash my imagination, I guess. And music is one outlet, as one outlet for that, for sure. Okay, but why do you want to reach your imagination? What is the feeling you get or what is underlying this? I just like it. It's just a, it's just a hobby that I enjoy doing. It makes me happy, I guess. Why does it make you happy? Because I like it. <laughs> okay, now you're going in circles, Jonathan. See, we're, we're going deeper here. This is what people need to do because if you go deep down, they're going to discover what is that, that little point? You know, what is that motivation that's pushing them? I'll give you an example. Let's say you say, I love music because when I was a kid, I remember my dad used to take me on these music festivals and that was the happiest day of my life. I want to recreate that for other people, for example. Yeah. Or I first heard the song when I first fell in love and I know the power of music can inspire love and inspiration. Is there anything that you can think of that is a deep down reason for your desire to produce music? Uh, I mean, I just feel like I'm just a creative person in general and I really like, enjoy. I enjoy making music and I guess to go in the deeper sense, I like how you can convey a lot of emotions through it. And to get more even crazier with it, uh, music is an art that you can't see or feel. I mean, technically you can feel it, but technically it's just a vibration in your ears. So it's a it's getting emotion from something you can't see. Okay, I like Which that. I think it's kind of cool. I like that. So the key, Jonathan, also love your students, is when you do this exercise at home, you can get a journal or even a pad of paper or a notebook and write down, why do I want to do this? Whatever that is, you know, career, business, maybe in a relationship. Or why do I want to be a parent, for example? Why do I want to travel? Some people want to travel to see new cultures, experience new things. Other people feel a sense of freedom when they travel. So there are many reasons for it. And the quicker you can find that real reason, the more motivated you will be to push beyond it when you don't feel like going further, you know, when you are almost up against a wall. And the other exercise that can help, and Jonathan, you can help me here in this one, is what we call imagine your persistent future, okay? So try this right now, and people at home can try this. Close your eyes, Jonathan. I want you to visualize yourself in your ideal future, let's say 10 years from today. Uh, Tell me what you look like, 
what you feel like, what you're doing, and who you are around in 10 years. Take a deep breath, inhale through your nose, extra through your mouth. What do you see yourself in 10 years, John? Honestly, doing the same thing that I'm already doing. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. But uh, let, I, me, I, let me reiterate on that. <laughs> okay. Um, probably doing what I like to do without the worries of money being a problem. Okay, but get specific, though. What kind of house do you live in right now, 10 years from today? Are they the same house that I live in or maybe a house with friends or maybe like a production house where it's just a bunch of producers and underwater? Okay, I can see that. Uh, you can say a white house on the beach or in a mountain or, you know, I drive a certain kind of car, I have a certain kind of relationship. Uh-huh. So as you do this exercise at home, you want to be very detailed. You know, the colors, the sights, and the sounds. Also, what obstacle have you overcome? This is important. What obstacle have you overcome, Jonathan, in, your, in this 10-year journey of producer success? So something with production, especially productions with large groups, is uh, getting the okay from everyone. So I can assume that I would probably lose a couple friends, maybe not talk to some family members because we had a ker- kerfuffle and we just need uh-huh. to work it out or something. I see. So uh, re- reuniting from people that you may have had issues with relationships, conflicts. Yeah. Okay, so that can be a very important obstacle to overcome. And the more you do this visually and in your imagination, the stronger your motivation will be. We can go beyond you know, the everyday problems, you know, the traffic jams, the bills you have to pay, the people problems, to get to that point of success where you're doing what you want to do. The other thing that's important, love your nursery students, in reaching your second win is to sacrifice what we call wrong pleasure. Wrong pleasure could be excessive social media use or watching too much TV or some people play video games. Or they do things that are not really conducive to their long-term success, taking care of their health or their family. So it's important to sacrifice that initial little pleasure you get from the social media buzz or, or watching a show. That's okay to have entertainment once in a while. Social media can be helpful in some ways. But the key is not to let it overwhelm your life, not to take too much of your time and energy away from the real creative, important things you want to do. The other thing is important to do, and we've talked about this before in Love University, is to practice what we call inward comparison. Compare yourself to yourself in terms of improvement. Now, typically, there are two ways people compare themselves. One is to compare themselves to people who are doing better, what we call upward comparison. But this may make you feel worse because you may feel envious and you say, why are they doing better than me? Or you can compare yourself to people that are doing worse than you, called downward comparison. So momentarily, you feel better. But then it's not a long-term thing because you realize I'm not really making improvement. I'm just looking at people that are doing worse. But the best way to do this is to compare yourself to yourself the way you used to be and the growth you have now. Maybe you have a better relationship, better job or career. Maybe you learn more. Maybe you're wiser, more patient, more compassionate, more loving. Whatever it is that you're doing better at now, focus on that. Focus on the lessons that you learned. and You're going to feel much better about yourself and more motivated to burst through that wall that you might have in life in terms of barriers. Now, another interesting idea comes from the East. The idea of having a strong back and a soft front. A strong back means that you have resilience, that you can take anything that life gives to you and it rolls off your back. It doesn't affect you. Hardships, setbacks, losses, things like that may bother you a little bit, but you're not going to let it destroy you because you have a strong back. You have a firm foundation. You also have a soft front. You have an open heart that is compassionate to yourself and others, and you're flexible. You're able to adapt to life circumstances. So think about that. Hard back, soft front. 
Now, some people have the opposite. They have a soft back. Everything bugs them. Everything bothers them. They get easily irritated. They're very defensive. And they have a hard front. They're cynical. They're cold to themselves and others and critical to themselves and others. So the idea is having the hard back, soft front. So Jonathan, my producer, I want us to sit up straight right now. Sometimes we forget about this, right? Our posture is so important. And when you face a problem, you want to say to yourself, hard back. Let's say it together. Hard, hard back. back. Again. Hard, hard back. back. So no matter what, Jonathan, they're trying to repossess your car. What do you say? No. <laughs> well, no. Okay. <laughs> but you say? Hard back. Hard back. Your girlfriend leaves you for your best friend. You say? Uh, Bad words, but then you say? Hard back. Hard back. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bill Collector's coming to say, get you. What do you say? Hard back. Okay. And the reason why is that you're going to let these things, these minor setbacks, or even their important setbacks, not stop you from your ultimate goal whatever it is in career, relationships, or your happiness or spiritual nature. Very important to have that. The other thing is to have what we call a growth versus a fixed mindset. The fixed mindset is the idea that when you make a mistake, you screwed up. You know, you feel regret, you, you feel bad about things, and you might even feel futile. They can never change what happened to you. I should have stayed in that relationship, or I should have left, or I should have stayed with that career or job, or maybe I should have left earlier. It makes you feel bad, miserable, and dejected. On the other hand, with the growth mindset, you realize every experience is a learning experience. It's not really a failure per se, but it is a non-success that leads you to the ultimate success. In fact, there's a great song. Uh, what's that country song, Jonathan, you may know? The Broken Road, I think it's called. Where, remember that? Every broken road leads me back to you. How does that go? I'm not a country guy, so I don't know. No, you're know. not, but... Uh, <laughs> Wait, actually, I think I might know which one you're talking about. God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. Yes, Jonathan, that's exactly it. So we have to go through the broken road to get to that ultimate destination. That's very important. And finally, love university students. Here's a powerful exercise you can try at home on your laptop, pad, or notebook. Take a second win inventory. Write down those times in your life in which you had that second win, when you had obstacles and barriers and you were about to give up, but you didn't give up. You pushed forward. Maybe you were about to give up on your marriage, but you didn't. You got marriage counseling and you saved your marriage. Or you're giving up on your dream business. And you, you may even have been going bankrupt, but you didn't let it stop you. And you turned it around. Or maybe if you're an introverted person, uh, you get more energy from your own thoughts. You don't like to go out too much socially, but you force yourself to go out that night to the party and you met your soulmate there and you would not have met them otherwise. So these are just wonderful examples of when you push beyond your boundaries to get to that second win, that higher level of energy and success. And also for the next two weeks, I want you guys to go out and do the same thing. Find a situation or activity where you can push yourself a little bit more. Maybe you're going to hold that yoga position a little longer. Exercise a little more time. You're going to eat less or take a longer time between meals to push yourself a little bit beyond your comfort zone to get to that second level of energy and motivation and persistence. And if you do that and you record it, you're going to find that you feel much better about yourself. Maybe you need to send an email or a phone call to someone that you're afraid to talk to, have a difficult conversation. And if you do that, you will many times have success and you will enjoy what you did. So love your university students, my homework assignment for you this week is to realize that you don't have to avoid difficulties. You don't have to run from them or fight them. You can embrace the so-called challenges, problems, and obstacles. And you can become like a kite, where you use the wind to help you soar to higher states 
higher places of mind, body, and success. Remember, the wind is always blowing in life. The key is whether you can access it, tap into it, to fly like that mental and spiritual kite, where you can transcend your limits, and you can fly higher and higher to joy, peace, and love. So again this week, go out and stretch yourself a little bit more. Do the things that you've been wanting to do, but you've been a little bit afraid to do, or maybe you felt you couldn't quite do it. Go ahead and take that challenge. Get into your second wind. You can do many more things when you have that powerful energy that helps you achieve your goals and to live joyfully and with love. So love your interested students. If you want to talk about today's show, be on a future show, or if you have any show ideas, you can contact us at loveuniversity.love, loveuniversitylove at gmail.com. Call us at 310-226-8090. You can download the podcast on Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Love University Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Love Letter U Podcast. So Love University students, go out this week and transcend your limits. Do the impossible. Get your second wind. You can achieve every dream that you desire. It's time now. Put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones. Love University, says Dr. Avila, is now dismissed.